You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Reporting is eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. If you go to AppletonCoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you will save 15% this year. Again, that's AppletonCoffee.com. Use code RAE at checkout to save Hey everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express. And uh, this is the show after the Detroit slash end of the era loss, I guess. So um, we'll, we'll go over Detroit and we'll try and keep it not so painful. If there's an election going on, uh, try and keep that not so painful. And, uh, you know, preview the McCarthy Bowl coming up. Uh, but uh, we, we're a little light this week due to elections and, uh, no kidding, cheese emergencies. There are such things, and they happened tonight, and Matt is, um, I think, not a happy camper because of it. But um, fill, filling in, as we often have, uh, in, uh, where are you, in, in, in Indianapolis or thereabouts? You can just say Indianapolis, the suburbs of Indianapolis. Uh, my name is Tyler Brook, and I wrote a book. <laughs> it will be that way forever. Um Thank you for joining me, Tyler. Appreciate it. Um, of course. So, uh, there, there, there are other things that could be watching tonight, um, but we decided to talk about the Packers. We did because uh, we decided to replace depressing with also depressing. And I don't like. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally not looking at election coverage right now. For all I know, it's not depressing. But we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I mentioned in the rundown that. Uh, somewhat facetiously, this is the worst loss in franchise history. But I'm only kind of kidding because, like, when the when the '60s era Packers ended, they basically went out on, on a high note. Like, they won a Super Bowl and they were all old, and then everybody kind of knew that would be it. And uh, it was bad for two decades, uh, two two and a half decades. Um, and uh, then we got you know, then we got Favre and Rogers, and that's over. And like you know, it. Uh, I think we all thought this might be a last hurrah. That you know, it, it was lo- well loaded. Defense looked good. Lots of talent. Aaron coming back for one more go, and then oh geez, and so that that's maybe over. And also this game, he scored nine points against the Detroit Lions. I it's it's unbelievable. I uh, I don't even know really what to say about it. I can't believe it happened. I thought that they would at least get if they lost. I thought it would be like thirty two to twenty four or something like that because nobody scored less than twenty four against the Lions this year. Not a single team has done that. Um, but no, that's not what happened. It just sucked. And then it sucked for other reasons. So, uh, yeah, I guess we should talk about that first. I think, I think everyone had the right mindset after the Packers playoff loss to the San Francisco where it was like, Oh, this runs over. 
it's time to rebuild. And then eventually everyone coped and then Rogers resigned and everyone had hope again. Uh, I think everyone should have kept that same mindset because yeah. Devonte left Rogers has taken a step back and every, I feel like worst case scenario has happened on every aspect of this team. Yep. Me too. You know, at some point we should also discuss Devonte Adams. I haven't, I have not watched enough Devonte Adams this year. Uh, I just looked at his stat lines and I saw the one from this week. Um, but it is weird how much he has declined himself this year. Um, it's uh, going from Aaron Rodgers to anybody is likely to be a bit of a decline, except for like Mahomes or anything. But it's not like Carr's terrible at all. Um, you know, he's okay. I've always thought he's a fraud. I think I've thought he's a big time fraud. He has a great arm. He does. I don't think he's as mobile as you need him to be. I don't know how great he is in the pocket. And I just think some of his decision making sometimes isn't great. Uh, uh, these are all fair. Like, I don't, he's not a guy I want to go to battle with. Or like, I think you can win a Super yeah. Bowl with outside of a really good defense. But I also thought Devontae Adams was a good enough receiver that he would be like an inefficient thousand yeah. yard guy on essentially any team, you know, outside of like atrocious quarterbacking, like bottom bottom five <laughs> yeah, quarterbacking. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, it's weird to see him decline that much. We did talk a little bit in the offseason that he is a little bit of a weird one. You know, he's not he's not a big guy. He's not a super burner. He is kind of a weird skill set that is a good, useful skill set. And maybe that's the problem. Like maybe if you give Carr a six four guy. Um, you know, maybe if you give him like Chase Claypool, who's much worse than Devontae Adams, and just send him deep every play, like that might work better than kind of a precision guy. But it's weird to see them split up and both suck. It's uh, it's disappointing. It's the ultimate lose lose trade. Really I don't is. know if I can remember a trade in the NFL in recent years that was like as bad for both sides. Yep, just awful. Uh, he should have gone to Tampa. I guess not. Actually, they suck too. Ah. Uh, like where would Devonte have been? Like, like sure, like the Chiefs, he would have been fine. Yes, but they weren't going to do that. Um, I don't know. There's not mm. another like super good precision guy out there. Like he'd probably be fine with Josh Allen too, but everybody would. What about the Eagles? Oh, he'd have been perfect. Eagles, Eagles. would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. that'd yeah. been good. I like that a lot, especially as a compliment. Um, even if they didn't make some of their signings, I think he would have done really well there. Good call. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Um, I just did a lot of swearing about the Detroit game, but I did want to point out that last week I wrote a piece about how many yards the Packers have managed to accumulate and then have the drive end on fourth down or fumble. Um, and it, it's a lot. I think it was like 17% of their total yards gained were on such drives coming into this game. And they somehow made it worse. Uh, they're now um, like 20% of their total yards. They, they had four drives in this game. There were long drives, that, and they had three end-on-fourth-downs that failed. And then they had the, the interception at the five-yard line. That was an 88-yard drive that ended with a five, an interception at the five-yard line. Um, 236 yards of drives for zero points. Uh, this is a thing all year. We've talked to death about um, you know predictability and RPO problems. I'm sure there's bad luck, but like... <laughs> What do you even do about this? Like, what, <laughs> what is this problem? <laughs> it's insane. It makes no sense. Uh, I got the, the the bet. A lot of it's Rogers, I think. I think so too. Like, like um, the trick play, I think, is stupid to have an offensive tackle that is barely on the field with knee issues run a route. But he was wide open. He was open, and it was just a terrible throw. Yeah, we have a question about that one later. We can save it, but like. It was a good play in terms of the play working. It was a dumb play, though, in terms of making David Bakhtiari run a route on Ford Field. And then Aaron... Uh, this was the worst Aaron game, right? That Like, 
he's had, I think, plausible excuses in a lot of the other games this year. Um, you know, guys getting uh, guys got hurt in this game too, but like, um, you know, guys not quite running the routes right, or uh, uh, Royce Newman getting guys in his face and crap like that. But in this game, like, uh, we we have new Ben Baldwin charts on offensive line blocking. Uh, their pass blocking in this game was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but it was pretty good. They had the preferred offensive line. He really wasn't pressured very much, right? Like that's the impression. That's yeah. Um, and we have so many clips in this game of guys just running wide, freaking open in the deep secondary, which which happens against Detroit a lot because they're very bad. Uh, but like he had a walk-in touchdown to Josiah Deguera that Andy Herman posted. But he had he had that one route that had I think it was Tanya and Lazard just just open, just wide open, like. Either one of them, like down the field, and he he badly checked it down to Dylan, I think, on that play. Um, I I don't know what's up with him, other than he keeps making drug references in his uh, post game press conferences and uh, Pat McAfee show appearances, and I think he might not be totally invested at this point. I think it's fair to question him at this point on that. It was, I think, for so long he's been able to get away with you know quirky mechanics, a quirky release, and all of this. St- uh, and at some point, his arm was going to give out. His legs are going to give out. And we're seeing both of those things in real time. Uh, and even having that being said, he looked pretty quick in trying to escape the pocket and taking off down the field, <laughs> which was one of our bigger critiques a couple yeah. weeks ago. Had a good run there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was actually quite impressed with that run. But the underthrowing, the just inaccurate passes, and I, I don't recognize this guy. Anymore. I don't either. You know how um, everybody, I think... Um, every, every guy at least has had this experience where you, you go to your local basketball court or YMCA and there's a 60-year-old guy, uh, two of them just beating the crap out of younger guys through guile and fakes and crap like that. Uh, a lot of, like, Tom Brady kind of is that. Like, he just developed himself into a a super good, um, extremely efficient, precision, fast passer who gets the ball out immediately. And that's more or less why he's been able to play this long. He, like, he's not mobile. He, <laughs> he He's not terribly athletic and never has been. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, just like never developed old man skills. Like he has just always been like, uh, you know, a a savant in terms of how he can place the ball accurately. His mechanics have never been great. Like they they were really bad out of college and they got better, but there's still a lot of just uh, a lot of arm throwing and a lot of bad foot mechanics. And now it's starting to catch up with him. And I think this actually happens to a lot of quarterbacks when they hit his age. And if you don't develop those sort of other skills, it goes downhill really fast. It uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate. We should have actually probably seen it coming more than we did, honestly. You either retire or hero or live long enough to see yourself become Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yes, it does happen to everybody. Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning. Uh, <laughs> the arm goes eventually, and everything else goes with it. Uh, Brett, you know, Brett Favre's arm never really went. He just became the slowest human on the face of the earth at some point. And his brain's gone, so that too. Um, all right. Um, we've ripped Aaron. Well, I don't know if we've ripped him enough. We'll probably rip him more, but, um, lots of other things went bad in this game. Other than that, like Aaron Jones barely got any carries and got hurt. Fortunately, not too bad. Apparently, um, AJ Dillon continued to be bad. Uh, the, the lack of running, um, th- this is a weird change because the Packers actually have been uh, a good, solid running team, especially when Jones has gotten the ball against most other opponents, including the Bills, who had like the best run defense in the league. Um, and this week, the offensive line graded very poorly for running the ball, um, and everybody was terrible. 
<laughs> against a team that hasn't stopped a single running back all year. Like Ramondre Stevenson had like 180 yards against this team like three weeks ago. It's uh, it makes no sense. Uh, and is there? Did you notice any culprits on the offensive line in particular uh, that made the run a- attack um, suffer this week, especially versus older weeks? I honestly couldn't. I haven't watched the film yet on the offense. I watched the defense this morning. Um, but the one thing I noticed that I thought was weird with the running game, it felt like they were really trying to lean more Dylan, even before Jones got hurt. Yeah. Is that they really trying to favor him? And I really don't get that move. I do not I understand. I mean, Aaron, that. Aaron Jones, I think he had six touches in the first half. Yep. Like, that's unacceptable. It's bizarre. Like, I, if you want to split to save him, that's fine. But upping him to like two thirds of carries would not be a bad idea, and it like he's just so much better than Dylan on every metric on every like tape. Uh, just watching, you know, it's not like there's some secret. This is a, a myriadic thing of like football is knowable. Like next gen stats tells you who's like running backs whether they're good over what they should be getting versus not. Aaron Jones is very good at it, and AJ Dylan this year is very much not good at it. Um, everything is telling you to play him more, and they just don't do it. I, I, I got nothing. I don't know what they're doing there. I think, I think it's a package thing. I think they have their package for Dylan, and the plays just come up that way more frequently, and they don't vary from it. Um, you don't see Jones in that RPO look very often. It's almost always Dylan in that. Uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It also feels like the only time they've ever really, really tried to establish Dylan the or sorry Jones this season is against Buffalo when the game was already well out of hand. Yeah. Which is also nonsensical. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, all right. So, and there's, I want to know how much of this is the play calling and how much of this is Rogers just calling out a run. I really want to know that too. Uh, it's actually a little bit of a disturbing unknown because um, I have, I have in the past doubted Aaron Rodgers' ability to bounce back. Like at the end of the McCarthy era, I thought there's a, there's a chance that he might be a little washed and he wasn't and he came back and he played brilliantly. And uh, as much as we rip on Aaron and we diagnose his film and make it look like he's being crappy, there is a non-zero chance that the play calling is bad. Um, there, uh, I was actually reading, we have a question later about um, their use of motion this year, and I was looking for stats, and I actually couldn't find any current ones on motion rates for teams. But in doing so, I did, I did a lot of reading on the Rams and the 49ers this year, and apparently motion is working way less well this year across the league than it usually has. Like, it's it's conveying way less of a benefit. And, you know, Aaron's complained about the motion, and we should maybe entertain the idea that he might be correct. <laughs> and uh, that maybe LeFleur will not be as, as good when he's gone. Um, and that's a scary thing to think about for the future, but it's at least possible. Uh, I, I kind of yeah. don't, don't think so, but it's possible. Uh, so Sammy Watkins, he's toast, right? You mean Hammy Watkins, Hammy right? Watkins like there's is toast. Sammy hamstrings, Hammy Watkins. It's it's sad. It is like, sad. It's actually sad that like he cannot play. Nope. Like he is incapable, and he has to be out there because they just have no bodies. Yeah, I'd like to know how hurt he is, um, and if he's maybe just playing through being Hammy Watkins more than he's letting on because he looks really slow. Um, he's doing a lot of bodying people, which is not his game, but. Uh, it's it's not great. I, I do wonder if we'll see some of the, the practice squad up this week to see if they can just catch lightning in a bottle. Um, but uh, yeah, not a, not a great signing. Uh, you know, signing a wide receiver this offseason was actually really a fool's game. Like, literally nobody worked out. Um, trades worked, but free agents just didn't. Um, <laughs> it's been a bloodbath across the league. And uh, 
It, maybe there's a lesson there. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? They could have definitely traded for uh, Robbie Anderson in the middle of the season for a sixth round pick. I'm pretty sure he has like seven catches for like four yards or yep. some insane stat like that. He is terrible and has been for years. So, yeah. um, I, I guess uh, on, on a plus on the plus side, the rookies actually kind of played well in their own ways, but also sucked in their own ways. Um, because so Christian Watson actually looked okay for a little bit, but then he got knocked out of the game with not a concussion. Uh, according to Matt LaFleur, even though it was probably a concussion. Romeo Dobbs ran a great first play of the game. Just fantastic. And uh, got severely... He's high ankle sprain, right? That's how that... I I wrote uh, Romeo Dobbs was good and then died in the rundown, and I should have actually written his injury down because I forgot what it was. Uh, High ankle sprain for... All right. Got it. And then... um, Samari Torrey looked pretty good. A little trouble with the hands, but uh, still is, I think, the best one at at creating separation down the field, at least reliably. Like, he has all of their deep passes this year. <laughs> um, I, I won't go victory lapping and say he's necessarily good, but he looks like he might be able to play a little. It's something. It's some. I mean, they have no one. Like, they have when no you're one. looking at the roster, it's a hobbled... Uh, Alan Lazar with a shoulder, which is worst case scenario injury because he's such a good blocker. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Hammy Watkins, Toure, Watkins healthy. Yep, and then you got Amari Rogers, <laughs> who still can't get any run, and that's all you need to know about him in this scenario. He got another catch. I think he had one more catch. Yeah, I think so week. too. Uh, I guess the other one. Uh, there's no positives, but Josiah Deguara actually might be good, and Aaron Rodgers yeah. might just hate him. Um, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> he seems he seems surprised every time Deguara gets a first down when he throws to him, and he definitely ignored him on and a walk in touchdown as well. But uh, he looks like actually athletic, uh, actually he fast. blocks his ass, he blocks off, really well. Like he should be a favorite. Um, he he lays people out, and we we joked a lot when he was drafted that this is their use check, but you shouldn't chase that and et cetera. But he kind of could be that. Like he pl- he can play that position and lay people out and make those catches. And he's fast and has good hands. I don't get why they don't use him more, especially in the current situation. Um, they like- didn't they didn't they use a lot of guys in like a fullback ish role the last couple of years? I feel like I'm never seeing that now. But like Daphne and Deguara, you saw a lot more in that role. Last yeah, the past they had, you're right about that. They've barely run any of that stuff this year. I, it really seems to get buried under the RPO and. They ran one fullback play this play, but it was AJ Dillon playing fullback. So um, I don't know what they're doing. They, I, I do feel like they've lost a lot of formation diversity this year. I, I know um, their RPO percentage we tracked a little while ago is up to like twenty seven percent of their total passing plays, which is maybe too much. Um, but like they don't run a, they ran play action on the first play of this game. So that was the Dobbs play. It was under center play action, old timey. Used to do it all the time. I feel like you never see that. It's usually in the scripted part of the game, and then it never happens again. Um, I, I don't. That the whole thing this year is if uh, if it's Aaron just checking out of um, you know Lafleur plays, heavy plays, motion plays, play action, then he can go. Um, he he can he can take off. If if this is Matt Lafleur just like being uncreative and being you know out schemed or forced into things that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, uh, that's worse probably for the future, but I, it's got to be Aaron though, right? It has to be. He feels like he's quiet quitting. Yeah. The the youths. So, 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Aaron, but we, you know, Aaron again, too. we again we do not know. All right. Um, do we need do we need to I don't dwell on this game? Do we need to talk about how Detroit? Um, uh, uh, like Detroit only scored. Okay, defense. Were they bad? I feel like Joe Barry gets yelled at every game, but they only allowed 15 points. Detroit's offense is actually pretty good. Um, seems like they were okay, right? Like, not a bad defensive performance. Jair Alexander got an interception on a crosser. <laughs> exactly the thing we were complaining about. They actually fixed and yep. it worked and it stopped. Um, so, uh, I, I like, this is all the offense at this point. This is a few weeks in a row. Where the defense, I feel like, has been up to snuff. Even against the Bills. Um, they didn't give up that many points to the Bills. They played pretty well. They they had a ton of interceptions. This is uh, this is not going to be fine going forward, but this was fine. This is all about the offense, and they've gotten good defensive performances. They didn't even, like, Detroit yeah. ran pretty well, but they didn't run super good. They didn't run win the game good. They, they didn't score that many points. Um, anyway, I like to complain about Joe Barry, but I don't think that you can really do it too much on this one. <laughs> Seemed okay. Nope. He, uh, the one that blows me away because I just did an entire film study on Quay Walker. Uh, and I was like, man, Quay Walker's, I don't know if he's reading his keys or what his keys are or what he's doing, and he's hesitating. And then John Meerding explained to me that, uh, Barry's entire resume is being a linebacker. Yep. Joe Barry's entire resume is a linebacker's coach. And, uh, he's either a failing defensive coordinator or demoted to linebacker's coach. That is what that guy does. And his linebackers, are not playing very well. Last year they were good. I think you could see a berry bump last year. Quay Walker might just suck. That is also um, part of the pro. Like I, the draft doesn't seem to be going very well, and he might just not be the guy. I think he's athletic and strong as shit. I yeah. just, I just don't think he's confident in what he's looking at. And I do think that's something that's correctable. I think as he calms down and gets more acclimated to the NFL level, it's something he can do. Uh, it's just got to be repped to the crap. I don't yeah. know. Hopefully so. All right. Um, last thing before we move on to Dallas and a zillion questions. Um, Ford Field sucks. And we rip on Soldier Field every time we, that we play the Bears. And we joke that people are going to get hurt. Nobody really gets hurt on Soldier Field because it is uh, it's soft and fluffy as a cloud. Like, it is just all muddy and crappy. But you're not going to have a cleat get stuck in it. Uh, you're always going to slide out of it. And uh, it's actually probably safer than a lot of the other stadia in the NFL. Detroit sucks. I've been on it. Um, I've seen a concert on it. It is old-timey concrete, and uh, they shouldn't play football on it. And it cost us Rashawn Gary, who is done for this year for sure, uh, which is uh, just a tragedy. And ACLs are like... I mean, lots of people tear, tear off ACLs in the NFL, but for a player specifically like Rashawn Gary, who uh, you know is not a bad technique guy, but is special because he is one of the greatest athletes in the league... It can really do a number on your career. <laughs> uh, he's very young. He should recover okay, but these things are never sure things. And it's just sad to see that happen on a garbage field in a game that ultimately didn't matter that much. That field eviscerated the entire roster. It did. Like, it was awful. Six guys got hurt. Like an underrated and thing. And Bakhtiari tried to finish. Yeah. Yep. An underrated thing with uh, the Packers and Lions, I think, most seasons is that often this is the last game of the year and the Packers rest guys during it. And we actually aren't exposed to Ford Field as much as we otherwise would be. But it's terrible. Um, it's brutal. Uh, the, uh, the the London Stadium, uh, I think many people have talked about this now, but has, has changeable field surfaces, including natural grass. 
And it's uh, the players are starting. Like Devondre Campbell put a tweet out there, basically saying, "Like we shouldn't be playing on this crap. Um, you should pony up some money, NFL, to put grass fields in everywhere, so that you stop hurting us." And um, I, I hope they do. I hope that they make it a bargaining issue at some point because he's absolutely correct. It's it's out of hand, man. Um, yeah, especially because some of these, like I said, I Justice said it best. He's pretty sure that Ford Field is uh, turf on top of like broken glass and <laughs> knives. That's it. Jimmy Hoffa's body and uh, a bunch of poorly poured Detroit concrete. That is all. So next we get Dallas, which doesn't really matter. I think we have like a 2% chance of making the playoffs still um, because the 49ers are still catchable for some stupid reason. Well, they oh, my they gosh. Well, they didn't play. They had a bye. So it's mostly that they there's opportunity from them not having played a game. But uh, we're, we're pretty much dead. Um, but uh, I think this game at least has some meaning because it is Mike McCarthy's team, and they've been really good. Um, surprisingly so. I think a lot of us thought, I, I know I did, I thought McCarthy would fizzle out really quick after a lot of the early stories of like him spending the night at Jerry Jones' house and him spending a weekend at PFF, like learning analytics. <laughs> um, I, like, I like the Mike McCarthy traveling road show. Um, but the Cowboys have been, by and large, pretty good, uh, especially their defense. Um, yeah. They've gotten good play from Dak. And um, they're really, they're really a formidable team. So, uh, they're obviously prohibitive favorites here. It would be, I think, sweet to beat them. Less so after this week, but uh, I don't. Do you see any hope for this one at all? No, I think what scares me is that Mike McCarthy has the self awareness, and he's publicly admitted that it is a defensive focused team. Uh, and when you have that combined with a pretty damn good backfield of Zeke, who you know I think he's not as good as people think or, but also Tony Pollard, who's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Like you can control a football game that way. And then Prescott's pretty solid. Like there's a lot of pieces across the board on that team that I, I hate to say it, hate to say it, but I think that's a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I think they are too. I, I think people underrate the Dallas defense a little bit. They were also outstanding last year and have been for like several years in a row. Uh, they are one of the elite defenses this year. And it's really, I think, more about health than anything for them on offense. If Dak is that when Dak Prescott's played, they really kind of lit people up this year. And they, the fact that they've been good with Cooper Rush is pretty impressive in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, uh, it. it uh, I, I like out of the out of the NFC um, for sure. I, I think it's them and the Eagles more than just about anybody else. Um, I, I like them. Like the Seahawks are fun, but I think that they have some issues. That their defense isn't that good, um, and. Nobody else really impressed. The Vikings are frauds. We all know that. We all see them. <laughs> but Dallas is kind of good. They're well-rounded. They're they're going to crush the Packers, I think. They're, uh, for all the reasons you said, they can run the ball against our crappy run defense that doesn't have even Rashawn Gary anymore. And uh, their defense is going to just, uh, like, as much as bad, this is going to sound terrible. It's the family guy, Tim McCarver sketch. Uh, as bad as Detroit's defense was against the Packers, the the Cowboys are the polar opposite of that. I don't think people understand just how generational Micah Parsons is. Like, as soon as Aaron Donald retires, Micah Parsons will yep. be the best defensive player in football. Absolutely. It's unreal his versatility and his pass rushing prowess. And they still have Demarcus Lawrence, who's a phenomenal pass rusher next to him. That's just, that's not fair. Yeah. They're, they're just good across the board. Scoring any points against them is going to be very difficult. And uh, stopping their running game is going to be even more difficult. And stopping Dak, who's good at passing and running, it's just not, it's a bad matchup for the, I'm 
maybe all matchups are bad for the Packers now, but this one seems especially poor. Um, I mean, they did score nine points on the Lions. They, uh, so, yeah. How do you come back from that? <laughs> what do What do you even do? Uh, all right, we we have we have lovely patrons. We have so many of them. They asked us a zillion questions. Um, I'm 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 frankly proud of all of you for having questions after watching that game. <laughs> I just wanted to crawl in a hole. Um, but uh, let let's get to those and and uh, we can do that to wrap up here. Um, J- Tyler, do you want to do the the reading? Yeah, uh, I'll just make sure uh, to honor Jr. and do as best as I possibly can because I will say he I always think he does a phenomenal job asking questions. He does. So. He's great. Let's start with Jay Google. Um, how realistic that Uh-oh. this is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you got last a tricky one for your first one. Yeah. How realistic that this is Rodgers last year as a Packer thought. It, I saw if they release him before June, they could kick some money down the road. Ah, uh, kicking money down the road, Kicking money down the road. Always good. Um, I, I can, I can, I can start this one. Um, having, sure. I wish we had Archon who just wrote an article on it, but it was uh, really good. It was really good. First of all, go check that out. Uh, Archon covered this very question very recently. There's also a good post um, on Over the Cap uh, by Jason at OTC on this question too, and the Rogers contract breaks down in a couple of different ways, uh, and it actually has some impact on what they can do with him down the stretch because you do want to keep him happy. Um, it basically, goes like this. Uh, if he retires, he can do them a favor. They can do a last restructure to mitigate some of the cap damage down the road a little bit um, and keep it to a reasonable amount. Basically, uh, basically June 1st thing uh, to some extent and splitting that up. If they cut him outright, um, their cap hit is essentially $40 million next year. Uh, and there's not too many ways to get around that. That's just how it is. Um and there are uh, there are some worse scenarios as well. Um, he, that option that he has, if it if it's exercised, everything goes to hell, and he's got to come back. Um, but if he doesn't want to play ball, let's say that they decide to go with Jordan Love for a little bit, and uh, it ticks Aaron off, and at the end of the season he decides he he either wants to come back, making them exercise the option, um, or uh, basically not retiring, basically saying I'm not going to retire, uh, and they can't find a trade partner for him. Um, the, the the cap next year is is bad. It's prohibitive. It's like forty million. But uh, in 2020, 2023, 2024, two years from now, it's like sixty million dollars. Um, so they, the short version is this: you need Aaron to play ball uh, if he is not going to play anymore. You need to keep him happy. You need to keep him available to do a restructure or a trade. They can trade him without it being super punitive. But if you tick him off at all, or if he wants to come back the cap is just astronomically terrible. Um, the contract that they gave him looks quite bad at this point. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen this much leverage from a player who just retired at any moment and yeah. just cripple a franchise. It's um, it's really bad, especially because I, like, I'm sure everybody on the team, especially in charge of it, realizes that their season is basically over, and maybe this will happen anyway, but I'm sure they'd like to check out Jordan Love and see what they have and maybe other guys uh maybe other quarterbacks maybe you know some of the some of the guys that don't get on there very much and if that like Aaron is weird and, and he likes to play every game and they might like they might tick him off if they do that like legitimately he might just be uh he holds grudges like he's not a normal person who just lets things go at all and he will punish you if you <laughs> tick him off that's we've seen this a zillion times over so this leverage is bad both for on field this year and Going forward, it's it's really not great. It's uh, it's tricky. It's going to be hard to navigate for them. 
why don't we move into the next question then, since it's from Mark Pritzkarby. At what point do we realistically consider starting Love and other young players over Vets? Also, why isn't Wyatt getting more snaps? Uh, I want to start with the Wyatt thing. All you. Uh, It has to be off field. Because every time he's on the field, I at least see one or two snaps where I'm like, oh, there, there is something. The problem is he plays five and then he doesn't play anymore. So I don't know what is going on with that situation. And it's pretty frustrating because, again, first round pick, um, phenomenal talent at Georgia. I loved watching his film and with how bad the defensive line is playing, we're just seeing none of it. Yeah, you have to be right about that because this is not a situation where he's out there and just screwing up um, and doing things that would get you benched. Uh, it has to be off the field because he's performed uh, and, like he, he pops on tape. Uh, everybody who watches him says the same thing. There's not a lot of dissent that says like he's bad when he's on the field. It's got to be something that um, uh, that's that we don't know about that maybe it will come up later. But um, uh, it's a he's he had red flags and maybe those red flags are rearing their head a little bit. Yep. Uh, back to the love question though. Oh yeah. Uh, Peter King <laughs> suggested they start him next week. They should start him next week. Uh, yeah. I would. I would not be a popular GM with my players, but. Like there's there's no reason to play Aaron Rodgers going forward. They should ship him off to South America and let him do whatever he wants to do, and and just get a look. Like they need to evaluate him. So Peter King's right, and like now is the answer. They're out. They're if you want to wait till they're like mathematically out of the playoff race, well, that's okay. It's one week that they'll be mathematically eliminated the, uh, a week from now. Um, but like they should do it now. They should get as much time with people they're evaluating as possible because there's no point in playing. Anybody who's not going to be on the team next year, uh, there, there just isn't. I want to see Sean Ryan. I just like no I want to see some guys. I want to see some guys on the roster that aren't have not played at all. That I want to see some run. Let's make Samari Tour a wide receiver one for a week and just go nuts. Yes, absolutely. Give me Tyler Goodson getting like uh, eight yeah, catches. Yeah, I game. love Tyler Goodson. He was very fun in Iowa. He's just a small. Yes, he is. He might die, but I want to see him anyway. Alex Lamers, similar question. Why should the Packers? not take Aaron Rodgers' advice, and bench Aaron Rodgers, a player that is making a lot of mistakes. Ah, uh, yes. Mental mistakes in, in particular. I, I mean, uh, you can't bench him because he's an old veteran, but they should, like, they should give, they got to give Love some run here. They, they they do have their future investments to think about, too, but, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. We'll talk about it a lot. Aaron has some cards, and if he's not up for it, then he can be a pain. So there's that. But, yes, they should do Love as soon as possible. We're asking about the wrong Rodgers. Amari Rodgers. Yeah. Why do you keep getting to play? Also that. I mean, injuries at this point. That's. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Ugh. Jeffrey. Brutal. We have a, quite a few questions. Damn. Yeah, we do. Jeffrey Emenker. I apologize if I. Uh, Emenker. I apologize. I totally butchered your name. That's okay. It's a podcast uh, tradition. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no way. It's the worst loss in franchise history. Not even close, but it was bad. What would have to happen other than an injury for LaFleur to start love in more than one game this year? I think they'll get more than one out of them. Uh, at some point, they'll be hopelessly out of the playoff race. And at that point, uh, I think Aaron will just be okay taking time off. Like, it, it, Think about it this way. It'll get to be December in Lambeau at some point, and it'll be like 10 degrees. Aaron doesn't like that. He, I think he'll be happy to take a couple of those games off. So, Especially with his thumb. Yeah. Yeah, that's no fun. That's no good either. He's he, but he's got old man cold now. He's not good in it. So yeah, that'll that'll eventually do it for us. And I, I still will defend this. Like it's it's one of the worst losses in franchise history. Like it it <laughs> it, it really is. It was against a terrible team. It ended a playoff your last playoff race. It ended the era of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It was uh, it was a very very bad loss. 
I think it's vital that you get at least two, three games of Jordan Love just to see what he can do. Because um, isn't his fifth fifth year option up next year? Yes, it is. Holy crap! Time yeah. flies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like it's it's now or never, man. Let's, you got to see if he can do anything. PJ Wessels asks, oh gosh, the Brewers have won more recently than the Packers and they didn't make the playoffs. That seems not great. Yeah. Such a loss directly after the trade deadline looks bad. But is it Devontae Adams one second half catch or coach Jeff Saturday bad? It is certainly worse than Bears bad. Not looking forward no, to that game. Indeed. Not looking forward to that game. Uh, uh, as the Indianapolis resident, I would love to talk about Jeff Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Let's use this opportunity to talk about Jeff Saturday. As a freshman linebackers coach in the state of Indiana, I have almost as much coaching experience as Jeff Saturday. <laughs> so am I the next Packers head coach? Is this what is happening? I mean, it's on the table now for sure. Anything's on the table. I that do think is, your odds oh. of becoming a coach for the Colts are better than the Packers. I will say that. Because if you just find yourself at a bar with Jim Irsay some night, you might get hired. That's that's fair. Uh, when we see the guy that's calling plays now is like the wife of oh, a reporter. And oh, my gosh, like uh, just nepotism, man. It's uh, it's not a good look. Um, Everybody. Oh, uh, oh, Tyler, have you seen the Wikipedia page for that guy? Uh, what's his name? I Something saw the Frazier. Parks. Parks Frazier. Parks Frazier. Everybody needs to go look at Parks Frazier's Wikipedia page. Uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Well, if you do that, um, uh, bug Matub later on this week if you made it this far in the podcast with the number of times that Parks Frazier's house w- was mistakenly shot up. <laughs> oh my god! Yep, not great. No, not um, great at all. Devonte Adams, like we've talked a bit about that. It's just I think the Raiders suck. McDaniel's yeah. isn't a good coach. No, he's not. It's a it's a mess. Matthew Van Huevelen. I, I apologize again. Do you think that the never ending rotation at O line and wide receiver may be a significant factor in Rogers' struggles? And relatedly, it seems every year the Packers have a devastating amount of injuries. But maybe watching the Packers every week causes me to overestimate the Packers' injuries. Do you think the Packers' injury experience over the last decade ish is normal? Ah, uh, you take one. So do you think that the OL slash of course yeah. How much, he may I not guess. be. He Rogers may not be playing well, but at the same time, he has no one to throw to, and his O line's inconsistent. Yeah, it can be both. It can. It can. Like there are times when he has a clean pocket where he just doesn't hit open guys, and then there are times where a guy might be getting open where he's just getting creamed, or a guy runs a wrong route. Yep, and all of that. So yes, and I would add to that. Yes, that that is obviously a huge factor for sure. But if you need to mitigate a little bit in your brain, and you know, still put some of that blame on Aaron. Just consider how much better the Giants' offense looked with Daniel Jones and a bunch of truly garbage receivers that were also have been in and out the whole time, and they were still quite competent and even good. Um, it, it's not you know it's not your fate when people are hurt and you're rotating people in and out. You can still play well even if it's not as well. So still that. But uh, I can take number two because I look at this every year. Um, Football Outsiders has a wonderful stat called Adjusted Games Lost that tracks uh, how many uh, how many games due to injury each team loses every year, weighted for if they're a starter, an important starter, or just a backup. Um, and they also do it grouped by positions so that you can tell if you've been you know, particularly hard hit in a certain spot. And I can tell you the Packers are not especially uh, poorly hit by the injury bug. They are about average most years. They, I'd say they have a normal fluctuation uh, in terms of 
how hard their hits. The worst years they've been hit were just when Aaron got hurt with the collarbones. And, you know, that happens sometimes, but it's not anything that's on your training staff or anything. Um, but most of the time, they're actually reasonably healthy. Um, and even this year, they're hit right now, but they started the season pretty healthy. Uh, you're going to hit some bumps in the road, and you're going to lose some guys to injury. But uh, until the last few weeks, they've actually been a pretty healthy team. Uh, it, I think two games ago, they had like two guys on the injury report. And uh, it's it's worse now, but they're they're really not that bad off. There's There are other teams that are much worse off than them. It's really a function of age more than anything, too. Um, the older your team is, the, the worse it gets. So. I have a depressing one next. Flaley Joel Osman <laughs> asks, which objectively good player will the Packers try and wheel deal away for draft capital? And the answer is Aaron Jones. It is Aaron Jones, yeah. Um, I I don't even know how tradable he is because of the contract, but uh, it is still. I think Aaron he's Jones. pretty tradable still. Uh, I mean, we saw how much Christian McCaffrey went yeah. for. He, so he's Aaron Jones is is very very good, but he is not as good as Christian McCaffrey, who is also much better uh, in the passing game than Aaron Jones is. So he, yeah. I, I think that gets him over the top, gets those first rounders. Aaron, I I think you can do something. You get something for him, and they will, and it'll be disappointing for everybody um, who doesn't initially consider the financial ramifications too would they consider trading um, anyone on defense i'm thinking like they have three Good quarters call. do they do they consider trading like rasul uh, do they consider trading stokes because he's on a rookie deal um they're not going to get savage no one's going to no trade one's going to do it yeah. yeah um maybe so i could see i could see uh rasul that seems possible um but i, I bet everybody will be on the table honestly just Yep. Very sad. Ryan Ziegler asks, what's something that should be routine, but will be absolutely shocking when you see it? <laughs> That's very general. Um, Establishing the run. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Jones getting like 20 carries in a game. Oh. A- 18, 20 is too much. Like 17, 18 carries in a game. That That's the answer. I, I don't even, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers throwing a back shoulder pass and someone catching it. Josiah DeGuerra, like catching like five passes would also like yeah. floor me and should happen more often. <laughs> oh, geez. Andrew Merker asks, what is the percentage of plays run with motion this year compared to last year? Although there are multiple factors resulting in the offense, not scoring. Didn't they have a blueprint for a Devante less offense when he missed some games the last couple of years with a similar wide receiver core? Andrew answered that question a little bit earlier to some extent, and I cannot find anything up to date. I know they're running it less. Uh, just by watching every game more than once, you can see that there's far less pre-snap motion um, than there has been in the past. There's way less uh, like at the snap motion, like way, 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 way less than there ever has been in the past. And it, it is also not being as effective this year. Um, teams have adjusted somewhat to motion and play action where they had not before. So, um, it's down. It might not be all Aaron. That might not be the entire reason it's down, but uh, it's it's definitely like down by like I don't know twenty or thirty percent just off the top of my head. I I cannot add input to that because yeah. I just know Rogers doesn't like it and Lafleur does, and there's that whole thing. Yep. But Patrick Detmer asks, do you think that some of the struggles of the Packers' offense may attribute to the fact that Rogers knows Lazard is going to be a free agent <laughs> next season and he wants to force feed him the ball to improve his stats and value? So he can help get his buddy paid next offseason. Are there any flaws to this preposterous hypothesis? Not a one. I, th- I, I think there is a little bit just because it's, it's not like his target share is like absurdly higher than everyone else. That is actually a good point. He's like, what is he, third on the team in targets? I think uh, I couldn't tell you. It's Isn't it Dubs and to- I'll pull it up real quick. 
also a tradition of the podcast, me pulling up a, a spreadsheet R- real quick. Rache Caldwell? What? Uh, Rache Caldwell, Devin Romashadu. Still the best one. I love Demis, Devin Romashadu so much. I was screaming in my car because I was not in on that episode. And you guys were talking about <laughs> Rache Caldwell. And like, bug-eyed patriots. You're like, it's Rache Caldwell. Like, I, I, I can like picture it in my head, but just couldn't get the name. So Lazar does now lead everybody in targets, but it took this week to do it. He has 51. Dubs has 50. Tunyon has 46. So it's not like he's getting the the lion's share here. It's, he's not getting the Devonte targets. Yeah, and, and actually, Aaron Jones has forty now, so he's wow. Also, yeah, wow, he's up there. Our beautiful sponsors at Appleton Coffee Co. Hey guys, um, my coffee's almost here. By the way, I ordered some. All I'm right. excited about it. Uh, I've been trying to come up with a clever question to make me sound smart. Couldn't come up with anything, so I'll just say this: My name is Matub, and I've had many bourbons. Very uh, nice. I believe. I also believe they have shirts that say that now. So. I've gotten Free got blood. by Matub. Uh, of course I am. I can't escape him on this podcast sometimes. I love you, Matub. KTM, is there such a thing as a signature loss? From recent ACLs such as Bach, Big Bob, Elton, and Hill, we've seen the real timeline for usefulness to be less like six, nine months and more like a year. For Sean Gary, is such a special player, and it seems like our front seven is built around his explosiveness. Now, we will not get the real Rashawn back until mid-next season. Do you think this configuration of defense has a chance to be relevant in 2023? What is your energy I'm telling you the Packers should do in the offseason? Draft edges. Draft edges is always a good idea, especially early. Um, it, it's a good edge class. Yeah. There, are, I think I've watched eight or nine edges so far, and I'm pretty sure all but one or two of them have first-ground grades for me. That's that's excellent. Um, there's a lot of questions baked in there. <laughs> Uh, there, by the way, there are signature losses. Uh, Aaron and the McCarthy offense got figured out. What is it? The Denver game that we talk about is the. I wish Matt was here for this. He he has these off the top of his head. There's a Carolina or a Denver game way back when when the Packers got figured out the first time around. Um, that was definitely a signature loss. And they have these once in a while, so yes, they do exist. Um, It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm not that optimistic next year because I think uh, Joe Barry I think will be back. And I think he there's a ceiling on how good the Joe Barry defense can be. Uh, so that it's it's all the mega tank for Caleb Williams. And I'm not, <laughs> see, I can keep making this joke because I'm not a Wisconsin Badgers fan. I'm it, it is funny, but I, I actually think they're going to end up in quarterback land this year. Like it seems pretty likely to me. I'm not ready for it. I, I love Bryce. But they're going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Bryce Young, but also I don't love him on an offensive line without some help. Yeah, um, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Eric Hainchek asks, will Aaron appreciate the poetic nature of the universe? Yes. When Mike McCarthy triumphantly <laughs> returns to Lambeau to put the final nail in the coffin of the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay. He said a lot of nice things about McCarthy mm. on The Athletic. He did. A lot of love going around there. So, yes, he absolutely will appreciate that. Love and perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ayahuasca. And or ayahuasca. as he calls it, Aya. He has a nickname for it now. That's how cool just, he is. Just doing that Aya all the time. Jeez. Tom Hate asks, uh, do the Packers get weird and try new stuff, new formations, play as players, or are we just going to muddle through the rest of the season doing the same old shit? The second one. Yeah, it's the second one. Um, every time they try something, also, like, we, we should give, I don't know if credit's the right word, but they ran a flea flicker that didn't work two weeks ago, and they ran a tackle-eligible play this last week that didn't work. So they've thrown some shit against the wall lately, but I think that they'll just keep running their same crap, especially as long as Aaron's playing. Maybe when Love gets out there, 
they do a little more downfield work just because he's willing to, but yeah, it's not going to look drastically different. Get ready for more pony with one of the running backs running fly motion and then you run yeah. inside zone. Scarf 21 asked with Rashawn Gary's ACL injury. This makes it the third straight year in which a significant tri- contributor went down with an ACL. If this team cursed, and if so, what kind of exorcism, spiritual cleansing would you recommend? Ayahuasca. <laughs> uh, uh, that's obvious. I can't do better. So, yes, that's it. I think it's just, again, I think it's just the turf fields. Yeah. Like, uh, Devontae is not the only player that's brought this up. Odell Beckham has been pretty on the record, and that's like one of the biggest faces in the NFL. Like, I do think there's going to be a real major pushback about this. I mean, the players are getting more athletic. They're cutting faster and faster. At some point, you're going to need to move back to grass. Yep. And I, this is something I I don't like to bring up soccer on a football podcast, but like you think about the maintenance that goes into how much they take care of their fields or the pitches as they call them. Yep. Like why does the NFL not just do that? I get it's expensive, but you're the NFL. Absolutely. The value, I think it's a net gain when you're thinking about the value of the players you're losing to injuries because of turf. Yep. It's that, that against the concert. That's what it is. Mm, the concert. Taylor Swift tour, like yep. stuff like that. Mm, didn't think about that. That's a little uh, bit of a bummer. Well, that, that's why everybody likes turf. It, 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 grass gets torn up by concerts. That then the Soldier Field Parks Department has to go fix it. They don't like doing that. So that yeah, is why. that is that is very true. JD asks the Bakhtiari reporting his eligible play. There you go. Hey, Dang. woo! Was it actually a really good play design? Aaron just couldn't get it there with his noodle arm because <laughs> it looked good and he was wide open, but who knows if he catches it. If so, he does, I think that's a very different game we probably win. Thoughts? I haven't watched this play enough, but did you, like, why was the throw so bad? Like, he, there's pressure in his face and he back, he back foots it, like throws off his back foot. All right. That, um, that's a serious bad off your back foot throw. Like, I, I don't remember one being quite as terrible as that. You know it's bad when a defensive lineman picks it off yeah. without having to do anything incredible. Just a, a normal good play from Aiden Hutchinson. Not even not even a spectacular. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I didn't like hearing from him at the combine, and I dislike him even more now. <laughs> All right, this is a long one. Uh, oh, we boy. got Keith Keskinen. It's a cool name. I like the alliteration, Jr. I wish you were here for the alliteration name. Yeah. So the Packers are done. Now we need to lose games, starting with the Cowboys. I know Justice has had this as our Super Bowl, but unfortunately, it's probably better for the future to lose to McCarthy this weekend. Yep. That said, who are the top QBs and QB ops? Oh, it's me question. Okay. Qwoba for this draft class. Does age factor into that metric? I can see a lot of love. Hooker, haha, I'm a child, but he's already 10 months older than Jordan Love. That is a fact. That is. There's no way they don't draft one of the top three QBs if they end up in the top five, right? Or they look elsewhere. So Rogers trader retired. See what Love has in 23 and bank on drafting his replacement in an equally good QB class next year. Caleb Williams finally comes to Wisconsin. Thanks, guys. <laughs> P.S. Great job on my last name pronunciation, Jr. Yeah, there you go. Jr. getting all the... So, this is a me question. So, um, I have been working on something for many moons um, because when I do QBOPs, I always have to sort of give instructions on how to read it, which I don't like doing because um, it's like normal OPS in baseball where on-base percentage, which is just completion percentage, is more important. Um, In baseball terms, it is about 1.8 times as important as slugging percentage is. And so it it sort of of accidentally, ironically, has the same problem that normal OPS does. And uh, there are many ways that OPS has been tinkered with and fixed in baseball. Um, Part of of that is the OPS plus scale. Uh, But if you ever see baseball stats, if, if there's a plus, it means that the stat is uh, 
sets at a range where 100 is exactly average and every one point above or below is 1% better or lower. Um, there's also WOBA, which I can't quite do for reasons that will be much too boring to go into on this podcast. However, I have managed to sort of square the two of them and created QOBA, um, which is uh, a scaled to 100 is average version of QBOPS that rates uh, QB uh, OBP at its proper weighting. So I don't have to do the caveats anymore. And it's all one number. Uh, so I can I can tell you this now. I made spreadsheets um, all day on my train ride home. And uh, here are the current in, in the clubhouse leaders right now. So top is actually Hennon Hooker. And as you mentioned, he's an old man. Uh, we talk about him a lot on Acme Packing Company Slack. And uh, it is both Justice and Archon, maybe Tyler, I won't speak for you, but who basically t- tell me that Tennessee's offense is, quote unquote, not a real offense. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I will not try to explain. They gave me articles. I read them. It makes a lot of sense. I kind of get it. But uh, I, I will, I'll go to bat for Hennon Hooker a little bit, because even though he is an old man and he has played two very brilliant seasons at Tennessee, um, he was at, I think, Virginia before this. Uh, it was Vatek. Vatek, I think. Yeah. Um, he also was pretty good at Vatek before he got there. Uh, good enough that I think it's not worth discounting him as potentially being a good NFL player. Um, he uh, he is having a great statistical season. Uh, I, scouts are not not as friendly as as my numbers are, and that's totally fine. He's an old man; you should not draft old men. As a, that's a good rule. Um, and I'll also say this: so I, Hennon Hooker hit my radar last year too, and uh, eventually CPOE always comes out for college quarterbacks. It takes forever, but it does. And usually QBOPS and CPOE like agree 100% because they're almost the same thing. Uh, it, CPOE hated Hendon Hooker. I don't know how it's even possible. I've actually been meaning to just randomly ask Josh Hermsmeyer this, but he doesn't always answer me and also then I have to explain my stat that I made up and I don't want to. But um, So I don't know. Hendon Hooker is a tricky one. But CJ Stroud is second, um, which I think makes sense. Uh, Drake May is third, which if you haven't seen him play in North Carolina, makes sense too. He's awesome. Um, some guy named Max Dugan who plays Texas Christian is next. Having having a huge. I mean, they're number four in the college football playoff now. They're having an outstanding. Are they really? Season. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Never they're heard of an outstanding season. All right, so I guess that one makes sense too. Then Grayson McCall, who is awesome, uh, is next. Um, Jack Hayner is next, and he is uh, a guy who would normally not hit my thresholds because he does not do quite enough with the passes he throws. But he is super accurate. He's kind of a check down guy though. Um, and then Will Levis, who has the biggest arm in the draft and will probably be a top three quarterback, is after that. Uh, and then Curtis Rourke, who I like a lot, is after that. So um, is doing, a, I think, a nifty job so far. Um, there is, of course, um, uh, one guy that's missing from from there that um, people will probably notice, uh, which is Bryce Young. And Bryce Young actually hasn't been that accurate lately. His completion percentage has actually suffered quite a bit over the last few games. He is playing hurt by all accounts. But uh, that's why he's not there. There's a good reason for it. He may still very well be worthy of a like number one pick, but uh, but that's uh, he's he's not there yet. So I can give my cliff notes on some quarterbacks. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Like, yeah, you, you got the scouting. I just have numbers. So St- stats aside, Young is number one overall. I actually uh, agree with that. I, I, he's great. Yeah. He's fun to watch, and I think if he's fully healthy, he's number one he, with a bullet. He's not fully healthy. His offensive line's actually not good this year, yeah. and all of his wide receivers are like super young, not draft eligible, and still like developing. That being said, you know you can talk about size all you want. He has the best pocket presence of any quarterback in this class yeah. by a mile. By a mile, his off-script plays are phenomenal. He's mobile enough that he can get outside the pocket, um, and he just he processes everything really well. 
Stroud is the most boring, but he will get you what you need. The problem with him, the problem with him, I'm starting to see um, not as much of a creator off script as you would like. And I think for Packers fans, that's going to be a big turnoff yeah. after years of Favre and Rogers. Uh, will Levis, uh, Beth, they probably the best arm as far as just lively and all of that. Uh, it feels like someone told him, Hey, you need to go through your progressions more to like get scouts to like you. <laughs> the problem with him doing that is he's actively trying to, but he's so slow doing it that he throws late and throws picks. Um, other guys, I have random notes on Anthony Richardson. Uh, he should stay a year. He should stay a year. He's not good. His tools are off the charts though. <laughs> like that's phenomenal. fine. He should yeah. learn how to play quarterback first. Yep, exactly. I I'm okay with him staying a year. Um, Hendon Hooker, I think, has got a pretty nice deep ball. He's got a good touch on it. All yep. of that, uh, again, just an old. I think he's mobile enough. Um, Keaton Slovis, if you want a backup. Um, oh man, he's, act- he's gotten so much worse every year. As a I know, freshman, he, he was year. awesome, and he's just yeah. gone downhill consistently. I think he keeps losing the weapons, but like I, I think his mechanics are okay. The one guy I'm going to talk about real quick that I think should be an NFL backup. I think Stetson Bennett is an actual you know, backup. I was going to ask you about both Stetson Bennett and um, – oh, no, uh, yeah, him – I was going to ask you about Stetson Bennett. He's actually ranked really highly for a couple of years now um, on my numbers. Like, like consistently, I never hear anybody mention him as a serious prospect ever. He's just – he's super composed. He's really worked on the shaping of his body. He's really damn quick out of the pocket. Uh, and he doesn't make too many mistakes. He makes mistakes. He just doesn't make a lot of them. Yeah. Um, honestly – I just hope he gets a shot. It's an incredible story to go from a walk-on future like insurance salesman to yep. national championship quarter. I actually I got two more for you real quick. One one okay. is uh, Bo Nix, who I don't like. His <laughs> his his had like like five good games in a row, and is like now one of the most accurate passers in college football. Uh, is there anything there, or is it just like Oregon nonsense? Justice is more qualified to talk I know, on this. The, I know. the one game I watched of him lately, though, it just seems like he used to be like I'm just going to rip it constantly, and it's going to lead to a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. It seems lately he's using his legs only when he needs to. He's hitting guys through the progressions, and then that's setting up his opportunities to let it rip. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's what's helping him. Every game I've ever watched him play has been awful. So uh, I, he I was go dog watch some, shit. Yeah, he was dog shit at Auburn. So I'm against him. And then I I do our our mutual um, here. Yeah, but Mike, Michael Penix Jr. Um, still pretty high, and I think. Uh, between, I think he'll test well. I think he's going to be a good athletic quarterback and and very accurate for a guy with good physical tools. The medicals terrify me, man. Yeah, I mean, his his injury history is ridiculous, ah. and he's also an old at this point. He has to be. He's been playing forever. That's a good point. He has been in the league forever. Yeah, I still love well, again. Him. I will root for him to my last dying breath. I hope he stays in the NFL for a while. Yeah, I, I hope, I, hope, he, makes I hope he has a couple. Just finishes out the season with a few more accurate stats, so he stays high up here. He's he's been sinking a little bit. So, despite all of this, yeah. I don't want a quarterback this year. Give me a twenty twenty four quarterback. Oh, give me both. You can never have too many. <laughs> oh, both. Okay. Oh, my favorite person of all of the oh, RA you get to read questions. It. Old man on a bike in Sherlington. I'm just an old man on a bike who lives outside the Wisconsin TV broadcast map. As the Packers are terrible, the powers that have be have likely decided to remove Pack from nationally televised games. What's the latest on the NFL's plan to move Sunday ticket from DirecTV to Apple, Amazon, or if Elon decides to overpay for another product, Starlink? I think it's still being bid on, isn't it? Um, I believe so, but I don't think DirecTV is getting. I, is this the last DirecTV year? I think this is, is the. I'm pretty sure this is the last. It needs to die. Yeah, it it's needs the worst to die. service. Um, I I apologize for not googling in advance. That was bad of me. I will try and do it in the next few questions. Uh, <laughs> but 
But uh, I think like the the rights are up, and uh, so last I read, I think this is actually, I believe Apple has uh, is the current front runner um, to to get it, but I don't think it's been decided yet, and uh, I I think that it still may land with Amazon eventually. So, so last thing I can find is from a few weeks ago, but uh, I would put my money on Amazon because they're they've been testing it. You know, they they yeah. have their game, they have the the cool stats broadcast. I think they would. I think that they see the the value to the streaming platform of having the live sports available. Like it's a pretty big deal. It's why networks like having the NFL so much, and uh, Amazon just does a phenomenal job with it to boot. So I would put my money on them. Uh, Apple is the one you hear about being the favorite consistently, but uh, I think it'll be Amazon. I will say this: I hope it's just included with whatever subscription service you're already paying for. But if it's not. The one thing I love about NBA League Pass is that you can buy that service for just one team at a much more reasonable price. Yep. Would love that. It would get way more subscribers. Um, I, I can handle this one for you, Tyler. Sure. I'm assuming you've it. never watched this show. Um, from Jeremy Moan, if Aaron Rodgers was a Gilmore Girls character, which one would he be and why is it Taylor? Um, so uh, I'm assuming you've never actually seen that show, right? Uh, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, wait. Oh, I'm going to have to Google it. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. So uh, Taylor is actually a good, uh, like, perfect, pretty much. I do agree with that as a comp uh, for those of you who've never watched Gilmore Girls. And, I have uh, watched it two episodes All of right. in my life. Taylor is the town selectman for Stars Hollow. He is uh, a full, basically a full-of-himself mayor who um, takes abuse and gives abuse and uh, doesn't really he runs things kind of competently, but then things get out of hand. So it's a good comp for Aaron. But I think Aaron's more Kirk, uh, who just walks around in his own world and thinks everybody likes him, and uh, you know, kind of makes the show go sometimes, but sometimes not. And so I do that as a comp too. And he's also um, James Gunn's brother, so also worth noting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, but Taylor's. I mean, that's a great call. Uh, yes, I agree. Right, and, yeah, we, we should have kicked some more field goals, yes, but it's hard to tell that in advance that you're going to suck at fourth downs this badly. Three more. Last Patreon question. <laughs> Do- Dr. Hillbilly, as the 2022 season slides inexorably towards ruin, my thoughts turn to the future and what it will take to bring back sustained winning football. True be- rebuild could take a bit. Meanwhile, Mark Murphy is retiring in three years and wants to wrap into the sunset of champion. Will the football person president of the team influence the GM when it comes to what's best for the team in the offseason? I think yes. I think Mark Murphy um, wants to leave a stamp and doesn't mind meddling and that he will put his nose in there. So just a guess. Never know for sure. But yeah, I think that he'll be involved. So is that after 2025? I think so. Yeah. There's some like age clause, isn't there? Isn't that the deal? I don't. Well, I'm, then in that case, he wants to. He should want to blow it up next year. Yeah, he I should. Get that. Yeah, get that last well, shot. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even saying he'll necessarily try and drag it out, but I do think he'll be. He, he'll be a steward regardless of what happens. All right, on to Twitter questions. Crow Pat Crow, the Croatian uh, podcast, correct? Woo. Yes. All right, shout out those guys. Uh, would you do the following if you could in 2023? And what what is bad about this idea? Trade <laughs> Rogers to Vegas for Carr and a first round pick. Trade two first-round picks for first overall pick and draft a QB. Cut love. Have the rookie learn from Carr during two years left on his contract. Uh, oh, wait. Is that all one thing? <laughs> that is all That is all one thing. All right. So That's overly trade, complicated. Basically, you trade Rodgers to Vegas and get Derek Carr and a first. Then, then move you on. use both firsts to get a pick, Got QB, it. and then 
have him develop under Carr. No, Carr is not going to teach a quarterback. No, anything. he's not. Absolutely not. You don't want to do that. And they're not going to need two firsts to move up to get a quarterback this year. I, I really don't think they are. Like they're they're probably not going to finish one because um, there's Houston and then there's Indianapolis, <laughs> who is really, really, really invested in tanking this year. But um, I think top five is good enough to get a good quarterback this year. Maybe even a little lower. And I think that they'll easily end up in the top seven, which is close enough that there might be one available. So you don't need Dude. to go through that. You don't need to get car. You don't need to do all that nonsense. Just I'm watching all of these D linemen and edge rushers and offensive tackles. Give me one of these, man. I <laughs> like Miles Murphy out of Clemson's insane. Brian Brissy out of Clemson's insane. Uh, Alumogiwa Fashanu, the tackle out of Penn State, like eh. 19 years old. Maybe they will, but if they're top five, uh, they're not not taking a quarterback. Uh, uh, all right. Jonathan Deal asks, can accountability be a problem when you hire a player friendly coach like Matt currently is? Also, who's the QB ops leader? <laughs> already did that. Um, we, we don't know. Like, is it a situation where his hands are tied with Rogers and he can't force him to do stuff? Yeah. In the NFL, accountability is always a problem. Um, it's very difficult. And I would say to, to your question, it's not necessarily an easier problem for more of a disciplinarian coach because sometimes those guys get their eyes get eyes rolled at them uh being an nfl disciplinarian or getting guys in line is much more about soft power and relating to them and convincing them that they need to alter things or change things yelling doesn't work in the nfl it just doesn't you can be tom coughlin all day and scream till your face is red players hate that they tune it out really quickly that is a very limited shelf life so it's not it's not a problem because Matt is a more soft spoken guy or necessarily a player's coach at all. It it it, uh, it really I think to the extent there's any problem, it's just Aaron's a you know an old an old man with a lot of respect, and it's hard to get him to do different things. That's really it. Uh, is that it? I think, I think that's, that's it. it. That's it. We're I done. That was a lot of questions. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, all right, before we go, Tyler, do you have anything to plug other than your awesome book? Of course, Tyler Brook wrote a book, science of football, um, little discussion about mobile quarterbacks getting injured. Um, there's a chapter in our, or a section of one of the chapters in our book about that. Um, I don't think anything else. I'll be watching a lot of draft prospects. It is draft season already. People are like, why are you talking about draft prospects in November? It's like, well, the Packers are going to have a top it's 10 time. pick. So, yeah. uh, it's time. I, I have been enjoying your Quay Walker specific um, cut-ups on Twitter. I would recommend people go check those out. Makes me sad, man. As a linebacker's coach, I only know one scheme. So it is kind of hard being like, well, maybe they want to do this. But at the same time, you're watching a guy that's just kind of just standing there. Yeah. And that's clearly not. You really see dictates. it when you break it down like that, where he's he's basically between two gaps. And by the time he decides on one of them, it's just over. Like there's a 230-pound running back in his chest by that point. Yep. Or or in a different hole, one of the two. So, Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, I have my column in the Shepherd Express looking at both the future and that crappy last game up right now. Um, I will be publishing some stuff on Cubops and, and Quoba. We're going with Quoba. Uh, we voted. See, I wanted to call it Qoba because of Qdoba. Because of Qdoba. I like that too. Um, okay, we'll have to have Quoba, a is easier to say. Though. have to have a separate vote, but Woba is the baseball stat, which is fun to say too. So Quoba's faster. Yeah. I like it. Um, yep, but we'll keep we'll keep publishing that and put that out there, and we'll do some quarterback evals and tell why some high guys suck and some low guys are good and all that jazz. So keep an eye out for that too. 
Um, and uh, yeah, mini pod will be on Friday because we don't stop doing that just because we suck. And we'll be back next week with uh, with a normal pod wrapping up the this Dallas game with the McCarthy Bowl. Beautiful friend. This is the end. My only friend, the end of our elaborate plans, the end of everything that stands, the end. No safety or surprise, the end. I'll never look into your eyes again.